0: Our God in heaven, as we come to you this morning, uh, we, we praise you that you are a God of grace and a God of compassion, and that in your grace and compassion, you speak to us. And as you speak to us, you bring life. So we ask, dear God in heaven, that you would speak to us on earth and bring your life to us. Uh, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we ask. Amen. So let me shift things around a bit. Uh, 2021 is on us. us. Happy New Year. I wonder how you feel about 2021. Um, President Macron of France in his New Year's address said, hope remains, hope springs eternal. Hope in 2021. The Daily Telegraph on New Year's Day, its headline was, Welcome to 2021 and two reasons to hope for a much brighter future. But another paper on New Year's Day said this on its front page. The worst year in living memory, as we look back. We sincerely hope that 2021 is slightly less bad for all our readers. What do we know about 2021? Uh, the, The turn of the year always gives us this kind of opportunity for reflection. We look back, we look forward. Often we look forward with a sense of newness, don't we? We, we put the past behind, we look ahead, we hope. Uh, and yet this year, maybe it's a bit different. And maybe we're a bit more jaded. Maybe this year, at the start of the new year, all we are really saying is at least it's not 2020. And then if 2020 has taught us anything, it's that we don't really know what's going to happen. Uh, as we look into 2021, the future is uncertain. So what do we do with that uncertainty? I'll tell you what we do. We take that uncertainty and we bring it to the flawless, life-renewing, trustworthy, heart-delighting, light-giving Word of God. So that's what we're going to do. We'll look at Psalm 46. and um, Please have your Bibles open. Please um, look with me into the text as we're um, exploring this. I'm going to try and find our first foothold. If you look with me at the beginning of verse 2. At the beginning of verse 2 says, We will not fear. We will not fear. Fear in 2021, first three verses. Now, this psalm is a fairly timeless psalm. There's not reference to particular places or people. It's, it, it's, it's timeless, but its theme is declared at the start. Verse 1, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. We will not fear. And notice that it doesn't say there is nothing to fear. In fact, what Psalm 46 does is it gives us this context, this setting in which we can say we will not fear, and the context it gives is an unimaginably cataclysmic crisis now it's really easy for someone to say we will not fear when they're ignoring everything that is terrifying but psalm 46 does the opposite of that look at the picture painted in these words in these first few verses the earth itself shakes and and then we consider the mountains that we consider the mighty mountains. I love the mountains. Uh, I love it when we take our yearly trip up to the lakes when we drive up the M6 and suddenly the mountains loom. These great colossuses come up, uh, mighty, uh, unshakable. They they make me feel so small. I love that. And the mountains of the lakes are barely foothills compared to other parts of the world. Um, Mountains are things that define places because they are so immense, because they are so immovable, And yet here in Psalm 46, those immense and immovable things are falling. In fact, more than just that, they are being assaulted. They're being attacked. There's a battle going on. And the mountains are losing out to the might and the power of the sea. They are falling into the heart of the sea. The mountains are being consumed and lost in the sea. Verse 3 says, It's waters roar and foam. It's like this terrible monster, this beast that is thrashing around and destroying, and the mountains are quaking before the sea. Can you imagine it in your eye? Think about the sea in a storm. The sea is never dependable. It's never predictable. It's never controllable. It's always changing. It's always threatening. It's the opposite to the mountains. And in this struggle between the reliable and the unreliable, it's the unreliable that is winning. In the ancient world, the sea uh, represented chaos and destruction. That's what a raging sea does, doesn't it, when you imagine it? Now, the ideas in these verses proclaim very loudly that there is a cause to fear. And causes to fear meet us at the start of 2021. We're in the eye of the COVID storm. There's a virus that is ruthlessly dismantling our confidences. The daily news reports are highlighting that there is a need to fear. Our health is threatened. Our society is threatened. Our mental well-being is threatened. Our finances are threatened. Our future is unknown. And that's just one thing, isn't it? We could bring in other things going on. We've got Brexit and the huge challenges that that brings to us. We've got global warming. We've got political instability. We've got an increasing celebration of immorality in our society. We've got a crisis of abortion. We've got global terror. And then we can add in all of our own personal troubles. Those deep aches that only we know. Loss and loneliness and shame. And the disappointment we feel with ourselves and with others, and with God. Sooner or later, the mountains of security fall into the chaos of the sea. That's what 2021 holds for us. Jesus said it. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. So we should expect it. In Psalm 46 terms, in this world, you will have cause to fear. And, and I guess we should add to that, that we are complicit in the chaos. And we're, we're like a piece of blue tack that gets rolled around on the floor. We, we attach ourselves to all kinds of worthless things. It's how we live. We, we, we look for dependability and security in the kind of things the world offers. Security in health, in relationships, in family, in wealth, in our careers. We look to these mountains of the world around us. We look to them and our hearts say, yes, that is where I can take my stand. That is where I will be safe. And then the sea growls and it roars and the mountain beneath our feet shakes. Now, not that these things are bad things in themselves. They are good gifts from God. But when we stake our security on them and then they are threatened, we fall. It's like um, a table. Table's pretty good for sitting at. Uh, but if you stand on a table, you join yourself to its destiny. You see, if, if you're sitting at a table and the table falls, you just walk away fine. But if you're standing on the table and it falls, you go with it. Now that, that's what the Bible means when it talks about worshipping idols. Uh, Tim Keller said this, wrote this. Or when we center our lives on the idol, we become dependent on it, like standing on the mountain, standing on the, on the table. If our counterfeit God is threatened in any way, our response is complete panic. We do not say, what a shame, how difficult. But rather, this is the end. There is no hope. Just pause on that observation for a moment. Now, we come to the turning of the year. It gives us a chance to look back on this last year. How have we responded? Now, our health has been threatened. So what have we been saying? What have our hearts been saying in that? Have our hearts been saying, this is really hard, or this is hopeless? We've lost things, haven't we? Holidays, activities, routines. What have we been saying in that? We've been cut off from family and friends. What, what have we been saying? We've been saying this is sad, or has it torn us apart? Has it taken the foundations from under us? As Psalm 46 does not say there is nothing to fear. It says the opposite of that. It paints this picture of indescribable terror, and in that picture, it says we will not fear. Why? Verse 2 begins with a therefore, and whenever we see a therefore, we should ask what it is there for. What is it there for? Look at verse 1. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Why are we not going to fear? Why are we not going to be swept away with the chaos of life's uncertainty and be crushed by the falling mountains? Why? Because of God. God, he is the ultimate, he is the transcendent cause. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God exerted and demonstrated his his surpassing greatness and his immeasurable power and his immovable brilliance. That there is none like him. There is none to whom we can compare him. He has no equal. He is always, he is unchanging, he's immense, He's, he's unsurpassed, he is the most. And so the psalm says that the the greatest terror, the, the most awful and terrible things cannot overcome those who are protected by God. We will not fear even when everything falls because we have a protection stronger than the greatest calamity. God is our refuge and strength. So we will not fear. So we do not need to fear. Even in trouble, it says, That is in distress, even when we are being pressed, pressed down, pressed in, squashed. When we can't, we don't have the strength to hold ourselves up in the midst of it. There he is, he is our help. His protection is an applied protection. He is an ever-present help. Literally, he is a, a help very much to be found in our distress. A help when we need him to be a help. So so what these verses are doing to us, what they're they're urging us towards very simply is, is to tell us that we are to go to him. He's our refuge. He's ever present. We find him in our need. We find him as a help in our need. So we're to go to him. We will not fear. We will go to him for help. As we begin 2021, there are many reasons for us to fear. And and the answer to that is never to pretend that the fears aren't real. It's never to minimize the fears. We can make the fears as great as mountains falling into the sea. In fact, we are more threatened every day than we realize. There are real fears, but we don't need to fear. Instead, we go to the one who is our ever-present help. We go to our God, who is our refuge and our strength. That's what Psalm 46 is telling us. But it doesn't end at verse 3. Now, as this psalm goes on from verse three, what it does is it takes this idea that God is our refuge and it it opens it up for us. It opens it up in a way that that draws us more eagerly to go to Him for help. Refuge in twenty 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 one verses four to seven. Now, this week I was um, looking at some research. It was done in the, so we can always kind of distance ourselves from it, um, but. But well, what it was saying is that over 2020, over this last year, people who call themselves Christians have been engaging with church family less. And the predictions that follow that is that post-COVID, church attendance will be significantly less than what it was before. And also this research said that people who call themselves Christians have read their Bibles less in 2020. Why? And how how do we reconcile that for some people, and it might be us, in in this year when we have been saying how hard it is, in this year of complaining and difficulties, our going to God in the giving and receiving of support we find in the Christian family and our feeding on his word, our going to God has declined. Now, maybe that's not us, of course. That was done over there, not over here. But we want to look ahead, don't we? We want to look into 2021. As we look into this year, what would, what would, what would stop us from going to God in 2021? What's going to hold us back? They think about how we're going to live in this year that stretches ahead of us. They think about the whole, the whole gambit of our lives, the way we spend our time, the way we prioritize, the way we, we, we spend our money. Uh, The words we use, the way we interact with people, the sacrifices we make, the decisions we make, the the idle thoughts we have, the things we fix upon as we go to sleep, uh, the things we think about as we first wake up in the morning, uh, the the things we invest in. When, When we take the whole spectrum of our living in this year ahead, how will it proclaim unreservedly that God is our refuge and our strength? Now, how will we live in a way so that when people look at our lives, they will say, for that person, God is their refuge. I think one of the sharp challenges of asking those kind of questions is it exposes that often we don't really want God to be that for us. No, we, we know we should, but, but our hearts lean in all kinds of other ways. So in, in Psalm 46, in, in verse 4, it opens up for us what it means for God to be our refuge. And, and in verse 4, if you look at it, our, our attention is brought to a river. In verse 4, we are still reeling from the roaring waters of the sea in verse 3. And then we're told about a river. What do we make of this river? We'll look at verse 4. We then zoom in to its streams. That is its channels, its cultivated channels. That The surging power of the water in verse 3, it's been harnessed and controlled in verse 4. So Something occurs between verse 3 and verse 4 that subdues the chaos and brings calm to the calamity. You see, right in the beginning, there was this garden of delights. And, and the abundance of life in that garden was supplied by a river that flowed out of Eden. Water supplying life. Water as the source of vitality. Verse four tells us how this life flows into a city and the result of this life coming to the city is joy. The streams make the city glad. See, what we're seeing in the psalm is that those waters of terror have been tamed to become instruments of joy. And, and in this imagery in this psalm, there's a, there's a reaching beyond what we can understand. There's a suggestion here. A suggestion of waking up from the nightmares to find that the sad things themselves have worked into something that makes glad. I don't think our hearts are quite strong enough to grasp that. It's it's too wonderful. But it opens up for us this description of the refuge we find in God. A refuge that is called a city. Verse 4, it is the city of God. The holy place where the Most High dwells. See, if God is our refuge, if we go to God for protection, we go to where he is, which is the place of his presence. This place, which is a community of people. It's a city. It's a, it's a society that is supplied with this river of delight, a, a place that is made glad because it's the place of the one who is most high. It, it is a city that cannot lack because it's his place. It's a city that cannot fall because God is within her. It's a city that cannot know loss or sorrow or emptiness because God is there. Now, when we go to God for refuge, we're not seeking a temporary support until the storm passes. God isn't a kind of umbrella that we discard when it stops raining. As we move into 2021, let's put behind and away from us any idea that God is an insurance policy or, or that God is some kind of butler who works behind the scenes while we crack on with life. God's no umbrella. He's no butler. He is the most high. There is no more than him. There is no better than him. And when we go to him for refuge, we find more than we can imagine. The refuge that God provides is full and it is final and it is finest. And it's more than all. The refuge God provides is a place where we can flourish in endless gladness. Because it is life in fellowship with the one who is most high. The city of God. And yet as we hear that, aren't aren't we aching to reply and say, but that's not what happens, is it? In the reality of our lives, that's not what happens. When we go to God for refuge, we know this from experience. When we go to God for refuge, we don't get suddenly transported to this place where there's no sorrow or sadness. When we go to God for refuge, it's not often that we are flooded with comfort. When we go to God for refuge, the reality is that the the terrors are still roaring and shaking and the mountains are falling. Look at verse 5. Verse five says, God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. There is a river, there is a city, but there is also uproar and falling and melting. God's redeeming work is in process. There's an already, but there's not yet. There's, there's a still, still being caught in the mess of the middle. And the day when all the world is the city of God is not yet on us. We are still, as it were, in the dark of the night. Verse 1 says, God is an ever-present help. Verse 5 says, God will help her at break of day. When we go to God for help, we go in the midst of our distress and our trouble. And the help he gives is a help that marks the turn of the night today. That the help he gives is a help that is bringing in the new morning. So when the darkness of the night has been most felt, that's the point when it is most near its completion. That that's the point when the dark has done its work and it is nearly over and the light is about to shatter the darkness. And that's the point where we eke out our existence. Going to God for refuge because his help is ready, because the day is dawning, because final deliverance into his eternal refuge is about to be complete That's where we will be in 2021 until the Lord returns or calls us home. Our refuge is in him. Verse six, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Let's emblazon that on our hearts as we plod into 2021. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And so Psalm 46 concludes. Uh, It concludes by taking the truth that God is our refuge and putting that truth in front of us and asking us what we will do with it. Now, what will you do with this? God is our refuge. What does it mean for you as we begin 2021? We are to reckon with God in verses eight to 11. In verse eight, the Psalm turns directly to the hearer. It says, come and see what the Lord has done. We're not just going to be told what the Lord has done. We are told to engage with what the Lord has done, told to reckon with the deeds of the Lord. That's the one thing we need as we go into this new year. Now, whatever we make of what lies ahead, we must reckon with God. What does that mean? Verse eight says, come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. desolations. So it's something horrific. The, the word used here always refers to destruction following judgment. There's something that is unsettling about this for us in verse eight. We're not told to come and see something beautiful. We're told to come and see something horrible. We're to consider the horrific events that have been done by the Lord it is unsettling and yet at the same time there is a sweet comfort to it you see all the chaos of the world's troubles are not out of control in fact there is a, a right sense in which all the horrors are permitted and purpose they are being guided by the sovereign hand of the lord according to his purpose and his purpose verse 9 he makes wars to cease to the end of the earth he breaks the bow and shatters the spear He burns the shields with fire. The the horrors of the Lord are set in his purposes to bring lasting peace to the earth. So for us in 2021, we who claim God as our refuge, we must reckon with God. We must reckon with his sovereign hand. He's not lost grip. He's not been overpowered. That the mountains may be falling into the heart of the sea, but God will not fall. And in fact, all of the falling is going to be directed towards his end. We must reckon with his end, his sovereign purposes to establish peace and make conflict history. And then God speaks in verse 10. With no introduction, God speaks. He commands into this psalm. He says, stop and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. And maybe he's addressing the warring nations of verse 9. Some people think that, but, but, but this psalm is, is not written for the nations. This psalm is for those who take refuge in the Lord. This psalm is for, for those who know what it is to be tossed about in the storm. For, for those who know what it is to see the mountains fall and to hear the roaring of the waves. For those who, are, who know what it is to be distressed and troubled. Those who are struggling to find their refuge in God. To those he says, stop, be still and know that I am God. We must reckon with God. Now, as we enter this new year, maybe we're flooded with optimism and maybe we are overwhelmed with worry. The future might be looming bright or the clouds might be gathering. But either way, we must reckon with God. We must make ourselves stop and consider him. Know that he is God. What does that mean? And it goes on, he says, Verse 10, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. That's the foundation of our hope as we go to him for refuge. He is not going to act according to our worth or our deserving. The confidence we find in God isn't going to derive from our our, our efforts to please him. We can't lose it because of our failure to honor him. God is going to act uniquely and only according to his worth and his deserving. He will be exalted. And and here is where we, we find solid ground as we move into this new year. God declares, I will be exalted. And the faithful answer in verse 11, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Who is with us? The Lord Almighty, the God of Jacob that The Lord is the name revealed to his people when he redeemed them from slavery, when he entered into that covenant with them and made good on his promises to Jacob. So when, when, when the sons of Korah sang this song, sang this psalm, they, they, they drew their confidence to go to God for refuge based on that historical reality that God had first come to them. God had committed to them in covenant love. Since he is the God of Jacob, they confidently drew near Since he is the Lord Almighty, they would go to him in their time of need and find help. Well, as we sit now on the dawn of 2021, we can sing this psalm with greater confidence. Because the God of Jacob is the one that we know as the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us just just pause a moment on, on verse 11. Let's try and enter into verse 11. It says, the God of Jacob is our fortress. Notice that it doesn't say God provides a fortress for us, That that would be astonishingly generous if that's what God had done. Because as we sit here on the turning of the year, the reality is as we look back on 2020, that this year that had, has caused so many complaints, it is true for us to say that in 2020, we all got better than we deserved. I think 2020 has revealed more of my sin than I would like to admit and it's our sin that reveals us to be God's enemies it's our sin that refuses him that wants him out of the way and yet he will be exalted so we are in a sorry state and so for for this God the one whom we have offended If he were to provide a fortress for us, if he were to build for us this safe place to protect us, that would be astonishingly generous. But he's not done that. He's done more than that. Do you see that he's done more than that? It doesn't say God gives us a fortress. It says the God of Jacob is our fortress. Just as in verse 1, it says God is our refuge. You see, just as the sons of Korah would draw their confidence to go to God for refuge based on the historical reality that God had first come to them, we too draw our confidence from the historical reality that God first came to us. He came right into our humanity. He made himself one with us, God with us in the person of Jesus Christ. And then it happened just at the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly that was God acting out his great covenant love while we were still sinners Christ died for us and in that death he became for us an eternal place of refuge in that death he became for us an everlasting safety in his own person he became an unshakable security And so our citizenship in the city of God and our belonging to the place of endless joy has been won and sealed for us in the death of Christ. Not because of our worth or our deserving, but because of his great love, his great covenant redeeming love. And so, dear brothers and sisters, as we go into 2021, let us reckon with God. Stop, be still, and consider him. Know that he is God. He will be exalted. And so do not fear. Make him the centerpiece of your heart. Don't fear. There's no need to fear, but we can go to him because he has come to us, because he is God with us. We go to him for refuge. Let's take hold of what he has won for us in Christ. As we enter 2021, there is cause for alarm. The president of the Royal College of Psychiatrists reckons that this pandemic will be the biggest hit to the nation's mental health since the Second World War. I don't know if that's the case or not, but maybe it's fitting to, to just conclude uh, with a poem that King George VI read to the nation at the beginning of that war. It may be familiar, but I think timely to reflect on these words. The gate of the year. And I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, give me a light that I may tread safely into the unknown. And he replied, go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God. That shall be to you better than light and safer than a known way. So I went forth and finding the hand of God, trod gladly into the night. And he led me towards the hills in the breaking day in the lone east. So heart be still. What need our little life, our human life to know if God hath comprehension? In all the dizzy strife of things, both high and low, God hideth his intention. God knows. His will is best. The stretch of years which wind ahead so dim to our imperfect vision are clear to God. Our fears are premature in him. All time hath full provision. Then rest until God moves to lift the veil from our impatient eyes. When, as the sweeter features of life's stern face we hail, fair beyond all surmise, God's thought around his creatures our minds shall fill. The Lord Almighty is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress. Let's pray. Our God in heaven, as we go into this new year, I pray that in your mercy and by your spirit, you would help each of us to reckon with you, uh, to go to you gladly and quickly for refuge, knowing that a way has been won for us in the Lord Jesus Christ. May we know that you truly are our fortress. Amen. Amen.